Good afternoon, my friends, and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Tea. I'm your host, Tanya Tyler, and we are on Confidence Strides. I'm excited today because we have a wonderful guest. His name is Mr. Quentin Dukes, and let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Quentin. I met him through a meetup group, and he was the uh, phenomenal in our, in, in our discussion. So let me tell you what he tells you in his own words. It says, uh, he's, an individual approached me and said, I hear you're one of those relationship coaches. Do you only work with married couples? I replied, you are, must be thinking of a marriage and family therapist. I help individuals navigate situations based on sharpening their emotional intelligence, communication, and self-awareness. This is achieved through the art of listening and learning the other person. Mr. Quinn also works with Communicating with Clarity, which is his coaching company, and begins with the foundational elements such as communicating and listening. My favorite saying is, let's listen and speak with the intent to, of learning. I'm instrumental in helping others reach their goals. And with that beautiful introduction, and I love how he put it all together, I'd like to introduce Mr. Quinn Dukes. Hello, Mr. Mr. Dukes. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for coming on. I'm, I'm glad to uh, have you on. I know today we're going to talk a little bit about transparency and how that works and with um, and, and relationships. First, I'd like to know, what is your definition of transparency? Here's my definition of transparency. It's when you can bring all of yourself to the table and feel comfortable being able to do that. And it's really, really hard, but you know what? You're essentially turning yourself inside out. And this is not, you know, surface level things. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, I, I call it the Carfax. I call it the personal Carfax. You know, when you go and you look at a car, you want your Carfax. You want to know everything that's been going on with it. So as humans, why can't we do the same thing? And so in that place, we have to place the accountability on ourselves to be able to say, listen, this is what I bring to the table. This is who I am. And within that interaction, what you're able to do is, you're able to give that person enough information so they can make an educated decision whether they want to move forward with you or not. And that's when you show that other, given that information, it shows that that other person is your equal. People right. don't realize that. People don't realize that if you keep stuff away, that means that you're not, in essence, you're not looking at that person as an equal. Wow. Wow. That's interesting. Fact. So it's like, so what, I mean, what makes a person, um, an individual transparent. I mean, like you, you said it's being who they are, but I mean, is it bravery? How do you, how do you build up that, that, um, to be forthcoming with somebody? I think it's life experiences. I think it's ultimately life experiences. And I'll just use myself as an example. Cause I tell people all the time, what you see is what you get. But in order for me to have gotten to that place, I had to go through the rigmarole like everybody else. You know what I mean? You have to get to a place where you're comfortable with yourself and once you're comfortable with yourself and you're settled with who you are letting another person know like i let people know right off the bat you know the two the three things the three things that i look for is transparency effective communication and honesty that's all i ask that's all i ask and so from there you know what i mean i know a lot it may throw people off just simply because they're like, well, how did you get to that point? You know, a lot of people, they're so fixated on the outer shell of the person. I want a person who's 6'2", got muscles and this, and they make $100,000 a year. When at the end of the day, if the person has no substance, they don't know who they are, what does that really mean? You know, and so when you get to that point where you are settled with who you are, and plus I had a whole bunch of people around me as far as like grandparents and 
my great grandmother, things like that. Let me tell you, they gave me so much wisdom. They gave me so much wisdom along the way. And what I did was I put it in my back pocket. So when I was navigating life, let me tell you, you got a bump, you're going to hit some bumps in the road. It is what it is. You know what I mean? But you have to take a step back and learn from it. And when you learn from something, it's not you pointing the finger. Because there's so many people who want to do that. They want to point the finger. Well, you did this, you did that. No, what you should do is possibly go stand in the mirror and be able to say, what did I do to put myself in that situation? Because at the end of the day, everything comes down to actions and consequences. Actions and consequences. And so you have to get to that point to be able to say, what did I do? Was it, you know, what was I getting with this person? you know, because I'm codependent, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. It's a hard thing to say I was with a person because I wasn't satisfied with who I am. So I was with this person because I was looking to get something from them in order to feel whole. How many people can say that? Not too many people can say that. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's it's a hard thing to grasp. But once you get over the initial shock, like, oh my goodness. You know what I mean? Once you get past that point, you can go through and be able to pick yourself apart. And it's not you blaming yourself because a lot of people, they do that. They blame themselves. They get so upset. You don't have to do that. Look at what is lacking within you. And sometimes there's a pathology there. Maybe a parent wasn't in the home or maybe the parent didn't give you enough inf- you know, enough attention. And you know that goes back to how we um, attach to other people, attachment styles. So it can be a plethora of things. But you won't never, ever know until you sit, get some, like how my grandmother says, get somewhere and sit down and see about yourself. Okay. You won't know <laughs> until you do that. <laughs> well, with all the wisdom, I mean, was it, has it been hard to be transparent and in, in with today um, with social media and stuff like that? Because everybody always puts on this great front of I'm this and that. But when you really get down to the, the true essence of the person, how, how important is being transparent, is that like a turn off or, you know, how can people get to that, that, that level of transparency? And I let everybody know this. I let everybody know this. And I've spoken about this on other podcasts and, you know, Instagram lives and things like that. When you get to a place where you are comfortable with yourself and you have reached a certain level of transparency, and I want to just, it's a sidebar. This, the add on is, is that this work never stops. It's not like you get to this point, you cross the finish line, you're like, oh, I'm 100% transparent because you're forever changing, okay? So what people have to realize is that I call it the fork in the road, the fork in the road, and you have two roads that you can take. You can take this road, which is going to probably take you down the road of, how do I want to put it? You're going to stifle yourself. You're going to stifle yourself because you're still trying to fit in. You're that, you know, round peg trying to fit into a square hole, okay? So it'll work for a little bit. You'll assimilate for a little bit, but you'll know deep down inside that's not where you need to be, okay? You'll feel out of place. But then you can take this other role where you're transparent, but here's the thing that people fail to realize. When you are transparent, you need to surround yourself with people who are transparent as well. Because if you don't, there's going to be rejection. And that's what I had to learn. A lot of people, they will say, oh, well, he thinks he's arrogant. He thinks he's better than everybody else. He really doesn't want to fool with us. It's not that. It's the mere fact that I was able to see certain parts of myself and I was confident with who I am. But me being around other people, you know, it made them feel some kind of a way. I know a lot of people say that it makes them feel some kind of a way. It made them feel uneasy. It made them feel angry. 
And I can give you one classic example really quickly. Um, when I was in my master's program, I met this young lady and it was so funny because she didn't think that we were going to be close, but we were the closest people in the class. And so after we graduated, what she told me was she said, you know what, I got to have a real transparent conversation with you. So I'm kind of clutching myself like, well, what, what, what you got to talk about? What you got to talk about? And so she said, she said, I'm going to be completely honest with you. She was like, when I first met you, the way you carried yourself, I thought that you thought that you were all that. Like, you wouldn't really want to be bothered with me. You didn't want to be bothered with anybody or what have you. And to let you know, all I did when we came, this was orientation. So all I did was I went over, took my picture from my ID, and came and sat down. And the two, ta the two tables that they were utilizing, because it was a small cohort of us. So, you know, it's this grand auditorium. It's a few tables, but the only two tables that they were utilizing were right next to each other. The only chair that was available was the one that was right next to her. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so she had told me, she said, I didn't think that we would be as close as we are. But I had to realize that was a reflection of me. You, you being around me forced me to look inside myself to be able to say, why do I feel this way about this particular person? And she said, the reason why I felt that way is because you're fairly transparent. I had never had anybody have that conversation with me because I let people know right off the bat. I'd be like, listen, so can we have a real conversation real quick? Okay. And I kind of go in and it's not anything aggressive. It's not anything negative. I'm just putting things out on the table. And it's your choice once that you know, because you have that intent behind that statement. Once it lands and it impacts that person, you can either you can agree, you can disagree, or be indifferent about it. You're open to expressing your feelings, but I think the biggest issue is, is that we're so quick to take offense to everything. And we have to more so learn you can't take offense to everything. You can't, a lot of times when people are being, and it's so hard and it's such an abstract concept, sometimes when people are being negative toward you, sometimes it has nothing to do with you. You are just collateral damage. It's hard to resolve it. And it's hard to resolve it for people because they're like, well, I still don't get it. I'm collateral damage. You were just in the way. You were just, <laughs> that's all that was. You were just in the way. So it's hard for people to see that, you know? And so again, to go back to the central question that you being transparent is very difficult because we live in a world where, like you said, social media, people put up fronts every day. They put up fronts. They're scared to bring who they are to the table because they right, have right. tried it before and someone has told them, whether it be a parent, whether it be an old peer from school, it'd be, you'd be surprised. There's some adults that's walking around here with some internal issues from stuff that happened in middle school and high school because they haven't taken the time to really go through and get rid of that mess because that's all it is, it's just mess, it's baggage and you need to let it go. But you have a lot of people who are uncomfortable being who they are and that's why they move in secret. It's either they move in secret or they keep all that stuff bottled in and that's not healthy either. Be who you are. My philosophy is as long as you're not hurting anybody else and you're not hurting yourself, be who you want to be. Be who you right. want to be. If you want to be a Ninja Turtle at the end of the day, be the best Ninja Turtle that you can be. <laughs> I like that. So, I mean, you, you you know, you look, I mean, for those who don't know, you look fairly young. So how did this journey of transparency begin? How did this roll to, to you know, being your authentic self? You know what? It's been just throughout my life. 
I'll be transparent. I'm 31 years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that it's been a life class. You know how Oprah has like the life classes? Well, here's the thing. As I was younger, you know, I grew up and my parents were married, but then they got a divorce when I was fairly young. And it was a very toxic situation. And so it forced me to grow up much quicker. You know what I mean? My dad, he was a little, you know, he had some stuff with anger issues. And so as a child, I had to maneuver. I had to learn how to maneuver as an adult, even though I was still a child. You get what I'm saying? And so along the way, I did, you know, I did talk about, you know, in the beginning, I did have like my great grandmother who was on my mother's side of the family. She never babied me. She talked to me like an adult and it wasn't anything inappropriate, but she never babied me. And I'm so appreciative of I'm so appreciative of it. And, you know, a couple other people in my family, my grandmother that's down in Atlanta, she did the same thing. She treated me as an adult. But the one thing that they did give me, they gave me wisdom along the way, you know, and they were little nuggets, even though they weren't relevant at the time. But I'll give you one thing that comes to mind. My great-grandmother, we were sitting on the porch, warm summer day in Rochester. And she says, well, Quentin, and I said, yeah, grandma. And she was like, you would be lucky to have three good friends you'll be lucky. You'll be lucky. She was like, you're going to come across a whole bunch of people in your life, but if you can get three of those people to call your friend, your best friends, and you know in any type of emergency or what have you, they're going to come through for you, those are the people that you want to hang on to. How yeah. many people get that? A lot of people don't get that. A lot of people don't get that at all, and so I'm forever humbled and grateful that I was able to get those life lessons along the way. And of course, she passed away when I was 12, but then as I started to, you know, get of age, you know, you're going through puberty, you're navigating middle school, high school, so on and so forth, they started to call me the old man. They would call me the old man because I was a lot more mature than my age. And a lot of the times, you know, my peers, they wanted to go do some things. And if it wasn't right, I was like, nope, I'm taking my behind on home. I'm going to be like Dion Warwick and walk on by and go mind my business. <laughs> so they knew, even though it was in a playful manner, they knew that, okay, he ain't playing no games. He knows his boundaries. He knows what he's going to tolerate, what he's not going to tolerate. He knows what his non-negotiables are. And yeah, they change. They, you know, slightly change, especially when I got into college. You know, you start to date because I was a late bloomer. You know, I was so focused on school when I was in high school. That whole dating thing, I went to prom, but you know, you know, all that dating stuff or whatever else, that wasn't going to be tolerated in my household anyway, you know? So I get to college, things change a little bit. I had to get out and explore but then that's when I realized a lot of the relationships that I was in, whether it be, you know, the new thing now is a situationship, you know, situationships, or you're just friends, or you're courting, you're dating, what have you. There were so many people that were just aimlessly going through relationships, going from one relationship to the next, to the next, to the next, not taking time to reflect, not taking time to figure out who they were, to be able to, you know, learn from it and to be able to say, you know what? I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if you see the right. same person, you know, the same type of person coming towards you, you could be like how Medea said, you could be like, I see you round the way. I'm not even going to fool with you. You know what I mean? And so it takes time. It definitely takes time. It takes experience. I just think it worked out in my favor because I got a lot of that early on, early on. Right. Right. And I, so like for those I would say, you know what? I won't even put an age on it because there's like young people and old people who do this. So mm -hmm. 
you strongly recommend like when you're when you when your relationship doesn't go the way it wants to take some time step back and exactly like reevaluate do you believe like you're carrying one baggage to another if you don't how does that work yeah most definitely if you do not sit and to your point the the short answer is yes you need to do some self-reflection and that looks different for so many people I think the I think the easiest thing to do is after we get out of a situation or we're like the situation you know the relationship is going downhill it's easy for us to vent okay and so that's fine if you want to vent but here's the thing make it productive that's my thing make it productive a lot of people they go and they be like yeah child he wasn't no good she wasn't no good you shouldn't have been that's not productive conversation when I say this like I have friends I call them accountability partners. They're my true friends, and listen, they can call me out on my stuff. They can be like, you know what, Quentin, you shouldn't have did it like that. <laughs> Even though the way you did it probably was right on the surface, deep down inside, you shouldn't have did it that way, and you know you shouldn't have did it that way. And sometimes, you know, it's easy for us to take offense. You know what I mean? You'd be like, you know what, I don't want to talk to you right now. I don't want to be bothered with you. But you go and you think about it. You think about it, and there's been times I've been sitting in my car, sitting at a light, and I'm like, you know what? Someone so had a point. That was very valid. Okay, what I need to do is I need to call and apologize or whatever, and I need to acknowledge it to be able to say, you know what, I could have did things differently. You know what I mean? And this is what I'm going to do moving forward. So thank you for calling me out on my mess because I needed somebody to do that. You know, and we need that. You know, and so some people, they need to vent, do it that way. Some people, they like to journal. Sometimes you, listen, I tell everybody all the time, sometimes you need to sit down and have a conversation with yourself. It's not you being crazy, okay? If you answer yourself, that's completely fine, okay? Because sometimes you got to say it out loud in order for it to make sense, (laughs) okay? So (laughs) there's so many different ways that you can do it. But to that point, you have to sit down and check with self. You have to check with self. It's like having a car. People get in cars and they drive them every day. You're not going to go nowhere fast if you don't have any gas or you're not changing the oil, it's the same thing for you emotionally. If you kicking up all that gunk and stuff like that and you don't get an oil change, what's going to eventually happen to your engine? It's going to eventually lock up or you're going to have to get a new, you're going to have to do something. So what are you going to do with your emotional engine? You can't keep kicking up that gunk and stuff like that. You have to sit there and eventually flush it. You have to flush it and sometimes you got to start new with some new fluid. But once you get that new fluid, you're like, okay, I can do this. I can move forward. Right. I love I love how your analogy with the, the gunk of the engine, because like I said, if you if you ain't taking care of yourself, you ain't going nowhere. So mm-hmm. um, we, are, <laughs> we are down to the last few minutes. And okay. I want to know, and I want to let the listeners know, where can we find the information about your work and what you do? Okay, so I will be transparent and let everybody know I'm switching platforms right now. I'm thinking about Wix because I actually like it. But if they want to get in touch with me in the meantime, what they can do is is send me an email. My email is Quentin, so that's spelled Q-U-I-N-T-I-N, and then D-U-K-E-S with the number two, no spaces, at gmail.com. Or you can find me on LinkedIn with the same name, and you can send me a message there. Well, thank you, Mr. Quinn. And we are wrapping up. Uh, it's been a pleasure with your wisdom. And I, I love your relationship advice because it really comes down to, like you said, it begins with you. 
Right. So I want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on your wisdom. And everybody who has information or wants any information, I'll put the links into how to contact Mr. Dukes at the end. And I want to again say thank you for your time. Thank you for your uh, coming on co um, Coffee with Tea. And uh, we can always uh, hopefully have Mr. Quentin come back. So thank you for your time. Yes, and thank you for having me. I greatly enjoyed it. All right. Thank you again. Thank you for tuning in and make sure you like, watch, and subscribe and share because we are now on uh, Anchor and we are on uh, YouTube. So thank you again for tuning in and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.